Hi everyone, this is Justine Rhodes, your host for Mentally About Us. This podcast is dedicated to breaking the boundaries surrounding the mental health conversation. The stories you'll hear on this podcast are real, raw, and relatable, and come from people from different backgrounds, because we believe mental health is global and does not discriminate. Welcome to the unfiltered side of the internet. Hey everybody, welcome back to Mentally a Badass. My name is Justine and today I'm going to be interviewing Matt. He is an old friend of mine that I met on the Disney College program. It's going to be a nice casual conversation. We're going to be talking about a disease that he caught when he was a young child that caused brain damage. We're going to talk about his experience. So welcome to the podcast, Matt. It's happy to have you here. Thanks for having me. Yes, absolutely. So just like in every Mentally About Us um, podcast, we like to get deep into your childhood because our childhood does explain certain aspects of our adulthood. Of course, it's not going to define our future, but it gives us a little explanation of to really get to know who you are. So let's start with the, you said that you, did you call, did you catch an infection or was it a disease? And also, can you tell me the name of it? Because you know, I cannot pronounce it. <laughs> Yeah, so what happened to me? I was about three months old, okay? And this is an infection. So what happened was I caught this thing called encephalitis. This is, for people who don't know what it is, um, this is an inflammation of the brain. So you've probably heard in the news within the last few years about heart inflammation, people getting heart inflammation. So this is similar to that, except it's inflaming your brain. So... Mm -hmm. I caught this infection, inflamed my brain, and it can cause brain damage, right? So if you want to know, like, what does that do? What might that look like? Okay, so the doctors didn't even necessarily know what happened to me. When I was really young, I'd have to go see a lot of doctors. They'd have to do a lot of testing they test my mental capabilities. So you perform all these different tests. Like it might show me a photo, an overhead photo of a city and say, what's the best way to get from here to here? What's the most efficient or fastest way? And I'd have to try and like figure it out. And there might be other questions like, show me a picture and then the picture slightly different. And oh, can you figure out what changed? So just mental tests like that when I was fairly young. Um, I also remember going through an MRI machine when I was young, getting my brain scanned. I'd spend overnights in the hospital sometimes so they could do these tests on me. And those are some of my earliest memories. I remember, yeah, and I just remember that so clearly because I remember one night just staying in the hospital, getting up out of bed, wandering around, and nurses coming to find me. Oh, hey, you got to stay in your, your room, stay in your bed. So they brought me ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd go back to bed. Yeah. And what ended up happening was I got diagnosed with developmental issues and learning disabilities. So throughout school, I'd have to work separately with teachers. They'd have to take me out, outside of class 
and work with me independently to try and go through things with me, explain things to me because I wouldn't quite get them just sitting in the class with the other kids um, being lectured. I'd have to have them work through it with me. And I remember uh, certain other things, probably kindergarten, first grade, I used to get petite mal seizures. So petite mal seizures occur in children. And if you know what a seizure is, I would just mm -hmm. sometimes just be sitting in class and I just blank, I'd go blank because I'd, I'd seize out. I remember playing one day in class, just running around and then just, I just collapsed. Mm -hmm. so I had a seizure. Everyone's worrying about me. Oh, what happened? <laughs> yeah, so the, the seizures came when I was fairly young, but they I haven't gotten them since I was really little. Because, like I said, they occur in children. I worked with a speech therapist as well, probably around sixth or seventh grade. Uh, because I was really quiet as a kid. Um, I couldn't necessarily speak clearly or speak up get my voice up. So mm -hmm. I worked with a speech therapist for a good long while where they, they just come and meet with me and I read with them, try and speak up out loud. I probably didn't really get over some of those speech things. Well, I still deal with them if I'm being honest from time to time, it still comes back mm -hmm. from now and then. Um, but I, I probably didn't really get rid of them until I, I joined Toastmasters. So I just got into public speaking and I really got to practicing it. And that helped me get over at least the speaking mm -hmm. issues. Yeah. I have a quick question. Um, for the infection, did they tell you how you got it? Do you know? Um, I'm really not sure because I was only about three months old at the time. And okay. Yeah, and it's not something I, I necessarily got into with uh, my parents asking them like how did I get sick because I don't I don't think yeah. they even really knew yeah so it was probably something that was like a super rare case where they can't even the doctors can't even explain yeah exactly and um, when you were in the hospital a lot what age were you um this was probably like my my early years like second third fourth grade okay so you were like around seven eight okay yeah, yeah so that's the time of uh, the reason i asked that is because um usually people remember things after the age of five but also some people remember things before the age of five if they were severely traumatized yeah 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 so, so i was yeah wondering probably that. around like five or six or seven yeah yeah, five is like the earliest memory. So um, if you don't mind me asking, how, how old are you right now? Me? I'm 38 this year. 38. I don't know why I thought you were a different age. Because I, <laughs> like, I, I, knew, I knew you from like, I knew you, I knew you were in your third. I just couldn't remember exactly what, what age you were. Um, because we met in, yeah, we met in, 20, in 2016. Yeah. So no, uh, I, I just, I ended up going back to school in my 30s. So. I was a fair bit oh, cool. than everyone. <laughs> yeah. What did you, what did you study? 
um, when I when I did the Disney program, I was studying marketing management and marketing. Ah, very cool. Um, so yeah, so let's start. Um, I just wanted to ask those follow up questions because I was very curious. But let me uh, mm -hmm. take a step back. So you you know you had seizures. Do you and you said these only happened when you were a kid. You don't have seizures anymore. I don't have seizures as an adult. No. Um, okay. Well, I, I deal with other health issues as an adult, mm -hmm. but. Uh, that those specific type of seizures, the petite mal seizures, mm -hmm. like they're called mm -hmm. that petite meaning like child. Mm -hmm. So they, they occur. Yeah. In yeah. So, um, and then you were telling, telling me that you were bullied in school because of, because of your, uh, the learning development. Is yeah. that correct? Yeah. Um, I grew up in a really small community. Um, I grew up in, in a Canada, small, right? Yeah, I, I had a small okay, class yeah. size. Yeah, I had a small class size in grade school. Um, mm -hmm. Like my year was probably only it was like me, one other guy, and then like four, four or five girls. It was a really small class. So when really, I was, so that's like ten, maybe like less than ten. Yeah, yeah. What what kind of school was it? Was it like considered a public school, a private school? Um, it was. It was like a public school, but it was a, a Catholic school. So it was within a Catholic school board. Yeah. Oh, that's so easy. Is that like just in, cause in, uh, I'm curious to see if that was like different um, from the U.S. and Canada, because when I grew up, I grew up in, um, you know, I'm in the U.S. Mm -hmm. and, um, I went to a Catholic school up until eighth grade, but we just, we consider them private schools. So my parents had to pay okay. for me to be there. Did your parents have to pay? If it was public, um, yeah, it was it was public, so it, uh -huh. my parents didn't pay for it, and like it was a, it was such a small community. There was a different like there was the Catholic school and then the public school, and mm -hmm. when I got up to like seventh eighth grade, the class sizes were so small in the other school that they just integrated them into our school. That is so fascinating. You and I know that really has nothing to do with mental health. I just yeah. think that's interesting just that the Catholic schools there are considered public and um, since public paid by the taxes. Yeah, yeah. I'm Interesting. <laughs> well, it's not the U.S. because the U.S. is supposed to be, you're supposed to separate the church from the government. Even though sure, really, sure. Like, Separation you know, of in, in, even it, yeah. yeah, even though it's not really done, if you know the U.S. news, but anyway... <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i just sorry i just thought that was just interesting i just want to just okay. talk more because i was fascinated um, but um okay so yeah so you're in a small school yeah and because i because it was such a small class size like those mm -hmm. those kids that i grew up alongside through grades like like kindergarten up to like say grade six until the as i said those kids from the other school got integrated like I grew up alongside those kids, so they they knew I was different, but mm -hmm. they they didn't really treat me that differently. I still had friends, um, you know. They they didn't bully me so much. They didn't believe you. I, oh, I, bully you? Okay. They, they didn't bully. bully me so much as I I don't know if it was like the Catholic kind of school upbringing. When I started, it was total up. It was different in the U.S. Complete opposite, by the way. So I had to throw that in there because, okay, yeah, no, I had a totally different Catholic school experience. <laughs> I, 
I love this conversation. I'm learning so much about Canada right now. (laughs) I mean, we used to have to go to mass and do confessions, so. Oh my god. I mean, we did too, but. (laughs) Yeah, I was like an altar boy and all that, so. I was for like a, I was like an altar girl for like one second, just for some type of event thing. I think to make it look like show our parents that we're good children. I don't know. And I remember how nervous I was. <sighs> Stage fright. But did he? Wait, question for you. So, with the learn, so that's good that like they were really bullying you and and such. But um, tell me, I guess, tell me about how your experience with, I guess. Did you get, like, behind in school, or were you just, like, right? Like, do, what, what, was the school system supporting you? I Yeah. Yeah. The Through grade school, uh, the school system supported me. So, like I said, um, I would work separately with the different teachers outside of class. Um, they brought in a speech therapist at one point. Uh, so, the school system through grade school, they were supportive. They were doing all that for me. Um, like, and I still had some supports in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, once, once you're out of the public system, so once you're out of grade school, high school, that public system, mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't get so much in, in the way of support yeah. because now, now you're responsible for it. Now you gotta, gotta pay for it. Um, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Speaking of, of high school, uh, just cause I wanted to get back to that, like, Kids in grade school didn't really bully me. I didn't start getting bullied till I got to high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I live in the country, so there's no high school here. There's a grade school. There's the grade schools, as I said, but there's no high school. So I had to, I had to take the bus into the city to go to to high school. Kids would sit behind me on the bus, and they'd they'd like they'd pick out individual strands of hair, and just like mm-hmm. pull out my hair. They just do that mm-hmm. every day. Every day I get get these kids um, just pulling out my hair and they they, uh, they kind of like talk about me when they thought I wasn't listening. Call me like mm-hmm. creepy, weirdo, that kind of stuff. And uh, I, at one point I just, I'd had enough of it and I just like, just snapped like, uh, I just like completely broke down. I got to school that day and I was just crying uncontrollably. I'm going into class and I got tears coming down. Like I can't control it just because like something broke inside me. I had to go talk to like a counselor after that. And then I started getting into like therapy after that. And so that that's really where the bullying came in was high school as it's a, I, it was just such a different world from that like small yeah. little Catholic school I grew up in. And then that high school, was it just considered fully like non-Catholic, just like regular public school? Yeah. Yeah. The, the high school was just a regular public high school that makes sense yeah that makes sense because you're being away from i guess the kids that you grew up with i guess had a good upbringing and learned disciplined and learn how to treat others and then you go into the public school where you're in this whole sea of other people from completely different backgrounds yeah and you, you know how reality is not yeah. everyone 
has a good upbringing or some people not even have parents could be even foster kids or whatever but um it's just more likelihood of you know being bullied i was me i was bullied in grade school and high school (laughs) you know the only place i wasn't really like on like phase in my life that i wasn't like really bully bully was like the college program that's kind of like how disney took no for real though like because everyone was so nice there yeah i mean yeah Yeah. i mean i i hear different stories of course from people everyone has a different experience but of course overall i think that i think that we were surrounded by friendly friendly and kind people yeah and there wasn't like i mean i didn't have any roommate problems like I mean, here and there, I think maybe we'll have like a slight disagreement, but nothing serious. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Did, did yeah. you have like good experience with that too? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was mostly the same for me, like uh, doing the, the Disney university classes. Like that's meeting, how we met. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. Meeting you and the other girls, um, like Brianna and Laura and <laughs> And we did our, our video project. Yes, the, the tea kettle. I still I have that. I still have the video. It's private and on my YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, that that was great. That that was fun. And I I'd been getting into learning Japanese, so I was able to connect with some some of the Japanese people that were working there. I did have roommate problems though. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I don't know if it's just because I'm, again, like, I'm older. <laughs> so this was, like, what, six years ago? So I still would have been in my 30s. Uh, it was seven. Six, seven years? Yeah. Seven years, like, yeah. I would <laughs> but, say, yeah, just it's just hitting seven because we moved in around end of August of 2016. Okay. So I, I would have been, like, what, like, 31, 33? <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know if it was just that different in age. Like, I'm like, I worked all day. I just worked like mm-hmm. eight hours in the park. It's like, I got to work mm-hmm. again the next day. I just want to like go back to my room and get, get something to eat and go to, <laughs> go to bed. And then I come in and people are like partying like, oh. Uh, <laughs> Steph, <laughs> I think definitely it could be an age thing. Um Especially if, because the average age for people in the program are usually around, like, 19 to, yeah. like, 23. So that's usually, like, the time where people are really exploring. And you're at mm-hmm. the point where you're just, like, mm-hmm. I just want to chill. And <laughs> I was, like, both of that. Like, on the college program, like, there was, if I was, like, working at, like, because I had to get up super early for work. I worked at the vacation plan. I had to get up at, like, 5 a.m. Yeah. to get the bus. And... So, but I'll come home early and then I'll be like, oh, I'm going to the park. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to go take, I want to go take a nap. But, but it's also like balance because I did both. Like I, and then also there'd be a lot of times I would skip going to the park and edit a YouTube video. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it just, it, it, I think it just part of depends on the person, but also I think an age sure. does have a huge factor because sure. when you're like 31, uh, I guess, I don't know. My, my, my boyfriend right now is 31 and I feel like, actually, he's not like a huge, he's not like a partier. I mean, he was like two years ago before he met me. So yeah. it wasn't like too big of a gap. But 
I think now when him and I are dating, he's more low key now. Yeah. Um, I think that was just thing I rubbed off on him. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it has lots of. It just I, I think age does have to do with it, but yeah. also like, it's just a person. Yeah. Yeah, and there, there's there's definitely that issue that comes in where, again, because it's younger people, like like you said, people around like nineteen twenty, like some of these people have lived on their own before. Some of them haven't. So the ones mm-hmm. that haven't don't necessarily know like how to take care of themselves it's like oh uh i didn't know i it's like i have to wash dishes and take garbage because <laughs> you have to keep your your apartment show ready oh my god <laughs> like, remember we had like I, those random I, like when they came in, when, when like the disney people like came in to, to like audit our apartments like mid mid program to make sure we weren't trashing the place <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And even weirder stuff, it's like, oh, I don't know how to store food. I don't know that certain food mm. needs to be refrigerated because it molds. Yeah. Well, yeah, unfortunately, just, some, some, some people are just brought up and their parents like don't teach them those life skills. Uh, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I was, I was like understanding of it, but I was like, yeah, I can only deal with so much before i'm like come on guys yeah um so let's talk about let's go a little bit more back let's talk about self-esteem sure um topic um so you were bullied in high school you had your mental breakdown did you so what did you do to work on it to you know heal from that (sighs) um as i said um I started getting into like therapy and mm-hmm. probably when I was in my twenties, I started seeing a, a psychiatrist. Um, I think it was him that suggested I get into the public speaking where I joined Toastmasters and that, that did a lot for my, my self-esteem just joining Toastmasters because uh, you get feedback. So you go to your meetings and you, you give a speech and people will give you feedback for your speech. Mm-hmm. And I got pretty good at it. And so I started doing contests. They have contests at different levels, club, you know, area, district, and so on. Um, I think I got up to area or district at one point. Um, and one of the things they, they mark you for in the contest, not necessarily in the club, is just not just your speech, but everything about how you're presenting. So mm-hmm. your your grooming, your manner of dress, you know, you look the part. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that really helped me just kind of like figure that kind of stuff out. I'd wear suits to do my speeches, to compete in the contest because everyone there is dressed nice. It's like so sometimes I'd, I'd have other members of my club go with me who got to compete and I'd try to tell them like, look for these, you got to dress nice. You got to because everyone there is going to be dressed nice. I had this one guy <laughs> who's just wearing like a t-shirt and gets there and it's like, oh yeah, I should have dressed nice. <laughs> so I think that helped really build my, my self-esteem, getting that kind of positive feedback people saying something yeah. like positive about me about mm-hmm. something I was doing. Yeah. 
So, um, so you said these were contests. So did you win the contest or this is just feedback? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, work? you always get feedback. Uh, you always get mm -hmm. feedback on your, on your speeches. You'll have an evaluator and they'll, they'll grade you on certain things. So okay. your clarity, your awe, if you have the filler words, ahs and ums, mm -hmm. how you were connecting with the audience, were you just kind of looking at your notes the whole time or were you making contact with the audience? Were you bringing them into the speech, engaging with them in some way? So yeah, they, there's all kinds of things that they look at. And as I said, when you get up to the, contest level they start evaluating other things like your your dress and your whole uh, presentation use of props if you use props how effectively you use those that kind of stuff yeah that is so interesting what year was this uh what year was this so i haven't been doing it since like before the pandemic because the pandemic kind of shut oh so down. is this something you did after the program yeah this uh it was during it was around the time i was doing the program so when i when i was in oh. college yeah oh i didn't know that i thought it was okay so beach oh yeah i thought it was like after high school you did it yeah yeah so Okay, but it was after high school, but you said it was during the program, and typically people who graduate high school are usually like 17 or 18 years old? Yeah, you'll remember I mentioned earlier that I went back to school when I was older. Oh, no, 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 I, no, I understand that. I'm saying, uh, I'm doing timeline right now, we're talking about high school, <laughs> and then you were talking about your, uh, what Sorry. you were doing, yeah, yeah no, so we kind of yeah, skipped 10 years. You, yeah, you kind of <laughs> asked me what, uh, what I did to kind of yeah <laughs> I, I yeah sorry i kind of skipped ahead um yeah i really didn't do much i really didn't mm -hmm. do much of anything through my 20s um except just therapy just meeting with a therapist mm -hmm. and like i was just trying to get through through school the first time i went uh, yeah and, and then I, I was just like unemployed for, or get unemployed or going through different jobs. And I really wasn't doing anything in terms of fixing my health. Cause it, like I said, like once you get out of the public system, you're, mm -hmm. you're mostly on your own. So, you know, they put me on medication. Yeah. I'd meet with a, a therapist now and then. And that was, that was kind of it as far as like treating me. So this is where um, the big part of my podcast is about is that we like to talk about, you know, people who go through rough times, but then, you know, find that end, that light where they ended up changing themselves. And that's the greatest thing. So you said around those 10 years, you weren't, you know, doing anything. And that's, you know, that's totally fine. A lot of times people have those moments, those decades where it's like, they feel, they may feel lost. They may feel that they don't know what the next step is. Um, so I do want to dive into that if, if you're okay with that. Sure. Um, yeah, so when I was in high school, I really started developing 
my anxiety. I don't remember feeling it so much when I was a kid. Um, when I got to high school and then beyond, I really started getting my anxiety problems, I get social anxiety. I had a hard time communicating with people, um, building like building relationships, building you know close relationships. Um, mm-hmm. And I developed de- depression. Mm-hmm. So I think I kind of got lost in that, in the depression and the anxiety. And yeah, as I said, I, I tried to meet with doctors, I tried to treat it. And mm-hmm. what do they tell you? They'll, they'll give you antidepressants. My doctor did suggest joining Toastmasters, as I said later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that time, uh, I was just doing therapy. Um, I, I was going to a, a support group, a mood disorder support group. So I just, just remembered that. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I had my support group and therapy and medication, just trying to get through depression and anxiety. And that, that's, that's what my prescription, yeah, it's my medication. sounds... Yeah, it sounds like you were um, what we call stuck in survival mode for about 10 years. Yeah. And then you were able to finally break from that and actually start living, which is fantastic. So um, you said that your doctor is doing all this recommendation for you. So let's talk about the time when you're just like, you know what? I don't want to be living like this anymore. I want to be able to do more with my life. Let's talk about that moment that you mm-hmm. had. Yeah, so... I think that moment for me was, again, I said I I joined Toastmasters. I'd been doing that for a while. I was starting to feel more confident in the school I was at. um, I I found out about all these these overseas opportunities. So, Mm -hmm. or out-of-country opportunities, because one of them was Disney. So I ended up doing that in 2016. Uh, I, I went back. Uh, I did a, because I did the Disney program, I had to do a bunch of summer classes that next year. Mm-hmm. After that, I did another year of school. And then I went and did a semester in Japan. So I studied. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, I loved that's it. awesome. Yeah, I loved it. Beautiful country. Met a lot of really great people. Yeah, that was was really awesome. So I did that for a semester, took a semester off, and then I went and did my degree, my bachelor's degree. I went overseas to Ireland. Um, So after I took a a semester off after going to Japan, I Mm -hmm. went and did my bachelor's degree at a school in Ireland. So I did that, that for a year, and then the pandemic happened. And that kind of almost brings us up up to date because we've all been dealing, we all dealt with that the last few years. We're still I, dealing with the aftermath, yeah. aka the economy. Is the economy yeah. struggling as much as ours in the US? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, you can yeah. travel for the longest time. So that kind of ended my world travels. Oh, man. 
still cool that you're doing that. I'm jealous. I, I've never been to Ireland or Japan. Like, those are definitely on my list, but I just haven't really had the, even though I, like, I have, it's more like the money thing, because I can, I can, I work where, I work from my laptops. So I can technically mm. just travel anytime I want, but money's a, money's that's, a thing. <laughs> that's kind of why I ended up doing it through school, because Smart. I was able I was able to get scholarships, so it didn't, it didn't cost as much. That's really cool. So what are you doing now? What am I doing now? Um, I've, been, I've been trying to actually move back to Japan. Um, mm -hmm. I did an online teaching course, so I spent last summer doing that. Uh, where I got my English teaching certification and then I've just been applying for companies in Japan to teach English that's so cool yeah I haven't managed to get some offers yet but um, I know for some of the companies they don't hire people from overseas but they'll hire people if you're already in Japan so I'm looking for other mm. possible ways to do that I came across this company called Google Nihon and they have uh, mm -hmm. schools across Japan where they take people to teach them Japanese. And that I, becoming fluent in Japanese might be helpful if I, if I live in Japan. Yeah. So, uh, but they'll also help yeah. you. They'll also help you with job support. They'll help you uh -huh. if once you finish their course and you're you're fluent, you can go on and do um, university if you want to study higher learning in Japan, or they can help you get into a career. And since I already have a bachelor's degree, I should, shouldn't need to do more schooling after that. So yeah, they, they might be able to help me uh, find a job. So I'm just, I'm in communication with them right now. Just emails going back and forth are a bit slow, but yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. Just, you know, just think about it as like, these opportunities are some of the greatest opportunities out there. And, you know, it's, you know, it's think that you had 10 years where you're like felt lost. And, mm -hmm. but I, I, I'm one of those people to believe that you kind of have to go through, you know, like a downfall to get to your, to the high, if that makes sense. Um, and, you know, think about it like this. And that's like the whole point of this podcast mentally about it is like, you've had a pretty, you had a pretty rough, I mean, it's really rare that you have an infection like that. Like I said, never even heard of it. And yeah. for someone who has, um, who, oh, I was born with a, like a cataract and I have glaucoma myriti. So I know how it feels to struggle with it. I know you don't have a disease, but struggle with like a health condition mm -hmm. at such a young age. And it's like remembering um, being in hospitals all the time, doctor's offices. And like, that was just kind of like, your life for a bit um yeah. this is gonna sound kind of funny but uh for, for me when i when i went through all that i kind of always like oh i get to miss school today can i gotta go to the doctor like like that's kind of like was my attitude towards it and i don't know why but uh um everyone has a different experience but i think part of me also didn't want to be in school because people were mean to me in school <laughs> but um but also it's like you know being bullied for having something that is traumatizing as a child is, you know, you were, well, people were, I mean, people weren't bullying you for it, but I guess 
they thought that you know you were different and then so they were just like bullying you for that which sings like and they, I yeah they, they, they just like they pick up that you're different it's like oh he, he's yeah weird. he's weird but listen <laughs> all these people probably think you're weird but you're probably living a way better life than they are right now <laughs> i hope so yeah i mean you know of course still want to i don't want to really be negative on this podcast but it's just a boost of um, of course we don't want to wish anything bad on others and such and who knows maybe because people who bully others are you know struggling at home themselves so sure. they don't they don't people aren't born bullies sure they probably had parents who are bullies and bully them yeah, and then they sure. just learn all of this and see this as normal and they just they literally mirror like you know like you know that kids literally mirror their parents it's a thing it's mm -hmm. called mirror neurons <laughs> mm -hmm. and um so they're gonna act exactly like their parents so it has mm -hmm. nothing to do with you it's i feel anything feel bad for those kids i wish i knew this when i was younger because then maybe i would have handled it better but um but yeah i mean also the mental breakdown you said you had I, like that's normal i actually had a moment where when i was a freshman in high school um i had this person this kid, well, my kid was my age, and he was actually my friend, which is the funny part. And he was just teasing me about my height. And I was, at the time, I was very insecure about my height because people were making fun of me because I was short. So that was like one thing people were bullying me about. And so he made this joke, like freshman year of high school. He's like, we we're in the hallway waiting for class. And then he like, like kind of like, like pushes into me or someone kind of like like a like like we kind of like tripped or whatever he was like oh sorry i thought you're one of the seventh graders which are like two years younger yeah because the way my high school was is that it was from like seven to twelve and i was like i was i just like all of a sudden snapped and i like grabbed his cheek and all of a sudden like i didn't think much of it and then um after he had like blood going down his face <laughs> And I guess, I mean, it could have just been just because my nails maybe were, were sharp at the time, but um, I didn't, I didn't expect to like hurt him, but I snapped. So, and I think it's just because of the years and constant, constant of teasing, you know, you just snap here and there. So yeah. um, I definitely, I mean, I, I mean, no one's perfect. We all have our moments, um, except I'm not going to be like making kids bleed anymore. <laughs> Yeah, it was so like, yeah, I, of course, I went to the principal's office. But yeah. my friend was like, yeah, but of course, my friend was like, she's my friend. It's fine. Like, she made a mistake. I was like crying. Oh, my God. But no, um, but yeah, no, I didn't end up getting like detention or anything like that. Because we had to like talk to the principal and be like, listen, like, this isn't we're not like, we don't hate each other. It was just, we were just messing with each other. And I guess my nails were too long. And yeah but um but yeah i don't know i just it's just a funny story i like to just bring up but um but yeah so my point of of everything is that you never give up which is great you know um some people like that could it can either get to really dark or you know you overcome them that's what you did is there anything else you in your story that you would like to bring up before i do my outro questions um you know i think we we covered covered your whole life story in about most, in about 40 minutes <laughs> most of the well most of the salient points 
you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, well you know, um, if, if, if it makes you feel any better about getting bullied for, for being short, I'm, I'm a fully grown adult and I'm only 5'8". So when I see guys that are taller than me, I'm like, oh, I'm so short. I actually love my height now. No, I mean, at the time I didn't, but like, I, I'm totally fine with my, I'm totally secure when it comes to my height. Um, but that was just, you know, obviously your brain's completely different when you're younger. Yeah. And you go through different life experiences. Um, but the question I like to always end on is, um, what piece of advice would you give someone who is going through something similar? So they may struggle with a disease or an infection or something that has to do with, um, you know, the function of the brain just making it hard and then they get mistreated in society sure. because of that. What piece of advice would you give them to just, you know, have that hope that life's going to get better? Yeah. Like the way I like to, to think about it in terms of just whatever difficulties you're going through in your life. I think there's this saying, I can't remember who said this, but like this too shall pass you know whatever you're yeah. dealing with there's that i remember that musical avenue q there's the, the song in the musical for now you know everything in life is only for now whatever you're dealing with whatever difficulties you're dealing with whatever challenges you're dealing with it's just for now it, it'll end yeah. i mean even if you think about it and that our lives are finite i mean all our lives end eventually, whatever pain you're dealing with, it will eventually mm -hmm. end and you can move on to whatever you believe in is next, where that, right. that pain is gone. Whatever, whatever you're dealing with, physical pain, mental pain, whatever pain you're dealing with, it's only temporary for this life. And what's I think really important is that in a spiritual sense, like, whatever pain or suffering you go through in this life, it kind of like rewards you in the next life. Like, that's true. Like, uh, I think Christ, I mean, again, we grew up in a Catholic school system. I think Christ said that when you suffer, it makes, it makes you closer to him because Christ suffered. He suffered for our yeah. sins. So when you suffer, you come closer to Christ. Yeah. So I didn't think of it like that. No, it's true. Yeah. I, and you know, um, like I, like we were talking about, I went through a long period of like ten years, and then it wasn't until my thirties that I started like turning my life around, where I started doing these these things and having closer relationships. I had a girlfriend when I was studying in Ireland, so. I love, yeah. I love it. It's kind of like you were living in survival and you started life in 30. And <laughs> that gives so many, you know, there's a lot. No, think about it. A lot of people, if like you, for me, I'm on social media all day, every day because it's my job. But there's people who feel like, oh, I'm like 20 something and I feel like I have my life together and they feel so sad. But then a lot of people really start their lives when they're 30 and they really start thriving. So um, it's like if people are, you know, as someone who's listening to this, who may be in their 20s and struggling, mm -hmm. like just know like you're literally your proof that you can, that your life can start, 
going moving forward and you just gotta keep having that hope and you just gotta just keep going really yeah 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 and if you're like me where you're like socially awkward you're not good with people it's like start looking to try and make those connections you never know where those Mm -hmm. connections are going to come from where someone is going to help you with something or tell you something like oh my my doctor told me to join toastmasters oh i joined toastmasters at this school that i then ended Mm -hmm. up going to and then through that school i heard about the disney program and then i got to do that so like you just you just never know where those life's opportunities are going to come in you know just get yourself out in the world and uh connecting with people as much as you can you never know when those yeah opportunities are going to come in yeah i was just gonna say like connections is definitely the biggest thing when it comes to having such amazing experiences have you ever heard of the saying it's called your network is your net worth yes yes so really cool i feel like a lot of people don't have never heard of that they're like what does that mean i'm like it means that you don't have to have money to have to be very to have a valuable and enriching life the mm-hmm. people that you have in your life are people who can open up doors for you, who can educate you and give you knowledge and give you just a good quality of life. I guess money isn't everything. Well, they, they kind of drill into you in business school that networking is so important. Yeah. Getting opportunities in life when you're on like LinkedIn, people are just, yeah. Just like busting away <laughs> on LinkedIn, just trying to build connections and promote themselves and, yeah. Yeah. I also feel like it's a good and bad thing in my opinion because it's you know, LinkedIn's great, but also I feel like some people kind of just connect with this anybody and everybody and it just get, comes out really inauthentic. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like inauthentic. Like I get so many random people connecting with me and I'm just like, Why? Like it doesn't I don't know. It just I'm I also like to really keep I don't know. I'm very picky when it comes to pe- and people entering my life. And then also a lot of these people um, are usually like, oh, I see. A lot- also, a lot of people on LinkedIn think I'm like a millionaire. Did I tell you? Someone actually went into my DMs on LinkedIn and was looking for millionaires to interview for their book. And I'm like, oh, thank you. I'm so happy that you think I'm a millionaire. And the reason they think that is because I'm a... I do own a company, which is my social media agency, yeah. but like, I'm not rich. Like, <laughs> I mean, I could, I could down the road if I scale it and build it. Hell yeah, I can definitely be a millionaire someday. But um, just because someone's an owner this, of a business doesn't mean they're rich. So anyway, um, a lot of people always come to me and be like, hey, do you need, do you need they, they're trying to like see if I'm hiring. Yeah. They're trying to sell me their service of scale. Yeah. Like, it's just a lot of that on LinkedIn. And I'm just like, I just, that's why I barely go on it. Like, yeah. it's just, I don't know. It just turns me off. Yeah. I mean, sometimes those weird kind of random connections can work out. I, I don't think it was LinkedIn. I think it was Facebook. But uh, this uh, this this uh, woman reached out to me because she'd saw, seen on Facebook that I, I'd worked at Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, so she had this company at the time where she did like parties and like events and stuff uh, called like Lily the fairy. So she dressed up like a fairy and she had different people working with her that would wear different costumes. So she had me join her company for a while where I was just 
dressing cool. up like a pirate. <laughs> so sometimes those weird connections <laughs> lead to... Yeah, it depends how they come across. It depends, like, what they say, you know what I mean? I, I personally, like, my best platform for connections, but just what, what I do is Instagram. Mm -hmm. So I found people... Um, uh, like I'll communicate with people for like podcast hosts or there or just other mental health people. Okay, it's very niche on Instagram, like very niche space. Um, and I met social people from TikTok as well. So I think Instagram and TikTok are kind of just because I'm a content creator. So I guess it's mm -hmm. like, that's why. But yeah, mm -hmm. no, I get what you're saying. Um, but anyway, so um, we're, we're a bit longer any... than... <laughs> Yeah, no, you're good. Um, okay, so I'm just going to end it here. Thank you so much for coming on to Mentally a Badass, Matt. We really do Thanks appreciate you. Of course. And then yeah, for everyone yeah. listening, I yeah. hope you guys have a good day, evening, or night. And stay tuned for next week's episode.